You're listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. You can find out more about this and other network shows, as well as Small Town Monsters films, books, our upcoming Kickstarter campaign, and much more at smalltownmonsters.com. All righty, we're live. Looks like we're good to go. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to a uh, Sunday night live stream here, just kind of spontaneous. Well, not spontaneous. I guess this was planned. That is, that is not, <laughs> that's not true at all. But uh, we are doing a live stream here on the Small Town Monsters channel. My name is Alex Petikov, and I'm joined by Heather Mosier, uh, who folks will recognize from some of our series, and she works on a lot of the films and that sort of thing. So uh, I know there's a lot of people in the chat, so we'll kind of get to that, but uh, I don't know how we're gonna structure this. We're kind of just gonna go go at it, but um, yeah. anything you wanna kind of talk about right away, Heather? Well, I mean, I watched something today called Dark Coast, Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I, um, I don't watch that kind of stuff. No. You don't watch that kind of stuff? Yeah, <laughs> I watched that. Sounds too scary. <laughs> it does sound a little bit scary, yeah. No, I watched that today, um, and uh, I really enjoyed it. it. It makes me miss Alaska, and I'm sure you miss it as well. Yeah, well, as I've been telling people, people have been asking me since I've gotten back from the trip, Oh, how is it? I'm like, well, it's weird because I'm physically not in Alaska, but mentally I am because I'm now editing all this stuff from Alaska. So I'm <laughs> completely mentally still in Alaska. But for folks that don't know what's going on, we're talking about uh, the new Small Town Monsters series that I'm creating called Dark Coast Hunt for the Alaskan Bigfoot, which is a direct follow up to last year's Bigfoot Beyond the Trail double kind of series or double feature, I suppose called the Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch, which a lot of people obviously enjoyed. Probably one of the coolest investigations we got to do, which was awesome. Uh, Dark Coast premiered earlier today at 2 p.m., the first episode. There's going to be six episodes total. So it'll kind of take us through the end of the summer here into the fall, um, along with some other Alaskan Bigfoot stuff with Beyond the Trail. So we're, we're not just stopping Bigfoot Beyond the Trail. We're going to continue doing that. So for, uh, for the benefit of folks that maybe haven't checked it out yet, uh, definitely check it out it's new on the channel i will actually i probably should have it linked in the description i should do that but i'm going to show just the um the intro title so this is going to be like in each episode this is the kind of intro that's in there so it's only about 30 seconds or so so i'll play that now and then we'll come right back and uh, discuss Okay, so there you have it. That is obviously the uh, the series there. And what I'll do is, I guess I'll just post the um, the link in the comments actually. So if you guys want to check that out, let me do that real quick. I'm gonna take that link and it's gonna be placed right into. You'll see it in the chat pop up. You'll see the Small Town Monsters uh, link, so you can check it out there if you haven't seen it yet. Um, so. That's episode number one. Uh, I know we're gonna have some questions about it and we'll start taking questions pretty much right away as well. So if you guys do have a question, just 
try to either put in all caps or add a couple question marks just so I can kind of recognize it. The chat goes quickly. There's a lot of sort of stuff going on. Um, so I'm going to try to do my best to uh, star those. I guess uh, StreamYard now has a feature where I can star them and keep them in a separate kind of folder. But um, I have a question for you, Alex. Yeah, go right ahead. How often can we see a new episode? Like, what is the release schedule going to be for Dark Coast? That's a great question, and I see that is one that actually our buddy Scott has asked Yay. in the uh, in the chat. There, he says, "What's the release cadence going to be for this series?" So, I believe it's going to be sort of uh, monthly for the most part, um, unless I'm wrong, unless unless you know otherwise. But I do believe, <laughs> based on the schedule. Uh, this first one came out obviously now towards the early part of August. I believe the second episode is going to be for squad members right at the end of August. I want to say like the last few days of actually I have it written down. That actually kind of helps. Um, I, th <laughs> I think it's going to be around the 29th to the 30th okay. um, for the squad members. Then that would mean that the public public version comes out right in early September. So you have right because what's the benefit of squad? So yeah, if you become a squad member, you get early access to basically all of these series. So that includes uh, Bigfoot Beyond the Trail, obviously Dark Coast. Now, as we're talking about uh, Eli series, Mysteries and Monsters, or Monsters and Mysteries. Mm -hmm. I don't. It's I never Mysteries know. Mysteries and Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I never know which one it is. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. But and then also Sasquatch on Earth. So those. So you'll get them essentially like on a, it comes out on a Wednesday. So you get. Mm -hmm to watch it early, also an ad free and in 4k video quality. So that is, that is awesome. We obviously have a lot of awesome squad members like Scott, and I'll actually take this mm -hmm. moment to shot, shout out a few uh, new squad memberships. We have Sasquatch man has become a squad member. That's, that's a cool, cool name. We've also got <laughs> Megan Federuk has become a squad member. Welcome. And then Dao 9 So welcome to all these new uh, squad members so they can check out any of that kind of stuff and again it's the early releases that are awesome i think seeing them in 4k too is in my opinion it's it's definitely worth it as as uh, maynard w says squad is such a great value i highly recommend it thank you i appreciate uh appreciate that so obviously we've got a lot of people in the chat from all over the place uh and welcome everybody just trying to figure out how to get rid of this okay cool um Maynard also says, I watched it a few times. I can't wait for the next episode. <laughs> Definitely. And then Jennifer Arnold says, Dark Coast is awesome. Thank you. Something that was really cool about naming it uh, Dark Coast was actually, it was kind of just coincidental. We sort of um, decided to call it that. We thought, you know, that might be a cool kind of way to name it. And then when I actually filmed it, when we were out there, the weather was so crazy and actually really bad with the we had constant rain. So in the first episode, it doesn't seem like it. But pretty much all the episodes from here on out, it's going to be a lot of rain, a lot of fog, a lot of clouds. So some of those first shots you saw and towards the end, that's kind of more indicative of what it was like. So it really was kind of the dark coast. That was absolutely sort of uh, the, the kind of the theme. And I thought it was, it was a way spookier environment than it was last year. Last year, we had almost all days we had sunshine. Uh, no clouds. Yeah. I know what for was you the guys too. Time like time wise again when you were back at Area A for the first time, that was May, right? Yeah. So it was when we were all there. It was yeah, we went out in early May. You guys were early there May. maybe like a week later. 
Yeah. So we were there kind of a, a week earlier, early May. For some reason, it was just really great weather. I mean, it was not too too warm. It was it was still like there was a lot of snow and stuff, but it was definitely mm -hmm. more. Um, it's just the weather really cooperated. We only had one day where there was rain uh, that whole time. Mm -hmm. In this trip, we had rain. I mean, I think, gosh, like ten days out of the fourteen. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. It was just a lot of it. As a uh, Iron Dogger says, not a great summer for your visit. <laughs> that is really true. And even after I left Area A, I was still in Alaska. So for for folks that don't know, I was in Alaska for a month total when I was up there. I drove up there. That's going to be kind of in a Bigfoot Beyond the Trail journey. Um, the whole drive up and everything, and there's a lot of Bigfoot kind of stuff there. It's kind of an interesting sort of thing. Uh, but I get up to Alaska, and pretty much the whole month I was in there. Um, we had mostly rain when I was down when I was up in the Anchorage area. When I was in Homer, I was down there. We had rain, and it was foggy and like 50 degree weather. The best weather I experienced was up in Fairbanks in the interior of Alaska when I was up there for the Boreal Bigfoot Expo conference. And then we drove out to a location in the geographical center of Alaska. And it was just, it was nice weather, but the, the bugs and the mosquitoes were just, oh my gosh, they were, they were bad. It was unrelenting. Yeah. We missed but, that in May, thankfully. Yeah. Or the first so, part of May anyway. Yep. So it was not, it was not great. And I'm, I'm not complaining. It was still incredible to be up there. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, don't get me wrong, but uh, it definitely will reflect in, I think, Dark Coast, just how difficult it is to operate in that kind of environment. Um, so it's it's definitely, it can be challenging. So Bad Boy says, Dark Coast is good watching on TV right now. Awesome. Definitely, definitely good to see it on a bigger screen. I think that helps it kind of visually pop out. Um, let's see. Hiker Dave Any Bigfoot says, I just got done watching today's video. I really look forward to the next one. I love the drone footage. Yeah, some of that stuff is just, I mean, it's, it's so scenic. We've got our buddy Tactical Bigfoot Research as well. That's Mike Ann. What's up, dude? He says, Alex, great job. Thank you. Great job to you, too, as well, for being a great person. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, let's see. All right, I guess I'm just going to start taking, if you guys have questions about anything, the episode, uh, we'll just start dump, jumping into that. But uh long story short you know the 14 day kind of investigation we were out there so we have a rotating group of researchers so the first week the first few episodes will feature damon who is doing the drone stuff as well as luca who's going to be there and then the second week it's going to and beans actually beans will be there the entire time but uh the second kind of i'm thinking the, the latter three episodes will feature rebecca slick who's actually a researcher with the olympic project uh, she came out there with us too, which was awesome. So it's each week will be kind of different for those two weeks that we were out there. Um, and can you emphasize again, like how isolated you were at this location? Yeah. So, I mean, people that have seen the Alaskan coastal Sasquatch will kind of know more of the backstory, but it's, it's, it's over an hour boat ride from the nearest port. So it's not easy to get to. It's not like you can just drive there or, you know, even let's say you're in Anchorage and you drive an hour up into the mountains. I mean, you can still drive back down. You're not that remote. It's not like you're going out on a plane or a boat. This was truly really far out there just because of how um, how how remote it is and how dangerous it is just yeah. to get out there. And you look at the cliffs along and just the terrain along the Kenai Peninsula, and it's just absolutely rugged. There's almost no way to get into some of these areas. So. Uh, you know, people build little cabins here and there out in these areas, but it's really not, 
Uh, it's not a kind of place that's heavily populated or anything like that. So there's nobody else really out when we're out there for this long. I mean, we'll see maybe a boat or two just coming through the heart, uh, coming through kind of the, the, the bay there, but that's really it. I mean, you gotta be a serious kind of Alaskan boat person to really get out there. So it's not, yeah. Yeah. The, the, if there are any location that were conducive for there not being humans present as a contaminating factor in the sense that let's say you're out in some national forest and you hear some wood knocks or you have something happen, you always have to think, well, I mean, there's a, there's a possibility that might've been human beings simply because people get everywhere. I mean, you'd be surprised at how remote of locations human beings can get into. Um, but this is one where you really don't have to worry about that because if there is somebody coming in, you, you'll be able to tell. I mean, they can't, <laughs> you can't really hike out there. I mean, that would take, yeah. I don't, I don't think you could do that really. You'd have to be superhuman. Uh, and obviously a boat is really the only way to get out there or like a float plane or something like that. But I don't know how it is about landing those float planes in uh, some of these bays, if it's not calm, I mean, that would be very dangerous. I know I talk to people up there who have a lot of the bush planes, you know, those are those small kind of two seater, four seater type planes. They, they land them. If there's a flat stretch of beach, they'll land them in places like that. But again, they kind of got to know what they're doing. It's, um, it can be difficult. So it's not, not like it's something that's just, you can easily go to like, Oh, this Bigfoot hotspot in the lower 48, you can just drive to it. It's not, it's <laughs> right. not like that. So that's really interesting, but I do see there's a bunch of questions. So I'm going to kind of try to take a few of those. Uh, let's see, we've got Alaska sea dog. Sorry. I was uh, hard to read at first. It says, Alex, what was the scariest part or slash time while, while shooting here in Alaska, the scariest time. That's a good question. I don't know if there was ever a moment where I felt extremely like in danger or anything like that. We never really had anything happen. I mean, there were a couple times last year, I should say, when we were hiking up on this mountain uh, with the guys and we had a couple moments where it was like, geez, if we don't, if we can't find a way up here, how are we going to get down? That kind of thing. But I don't think there was anything that was really that scary, I want to say. I make it seem like I'm not scared at all, but... Uh, <laughs> There's scary moments. No, it's just, you know, out there you have to realize what the threats are. So obviously mm -hmm. in a place anywhere in Alaska, even when you're in Anchorage or the suburbs or just in the hills around town or Fairbanks, you've got to be aware that there, there could be brown bear or grizzly near you. There can be huge moose, right? I mean, you've got moose out there that uh, can, that is the deadliest animal in Alaska, supposedly statistically because of the amount of attacks. People get attacked in Anchorage, right? There was this guy who got killed out there a few years ago. Last year when we were in Alaska, last May, there was a story of a, a U.S. Uh, Army guy got killed on the base there outside of Anchorage by a, a brown bear, uh, by a, a sow who was kind of defending her cubs, I guess. And um, it, you got to know Alaska is, as we, as you know, maybe we can transition a little bit talking about Land of the Missing, but death by Alaska, as that guy in the film says, is, is very mm -hmm. kind of sticks out to me. You got to be aware of the threats. Being in a place yeah. like Area A, how isolated it is, um, you have to worry about if you break your leg out there and you're a mile up a mountain and if you only have one or two other people with you, obviously that's ideal. But if you're alone, I mean, that could be a death sentence right there because it's not like I can just I can get back to my car, or maybe flag down help. No, right. you have to take a boat just to get out there. And then you're in a small place where you probably need to get helivacked to um, to Anchorage or somewhere with a decent kind of hospital. So it's yeah, it's yeah. it's very it's, it's definitely a place that uh, 
can remind you of your mortality pretty quickly. I don't know. I mean, what did you think, Heather, about what was the scariest moment you guys had when you were up in Alaska last year? Um, the scariest moment we had while up in Alaska? See, I wasn't um, aware of some of the scariest moments that happened. I know that you were a part <laughs> of them. Um, luckily, I slept through some of them, I think. Um, but... I don't know. I don't really remember being scared. I think because there was a lot of awareness that we're not going to go out deep into the woods because we know better at this point. We're not prepared for that. Um, so I don't, I don't recall having a moment where I was really terrified. I, on a practical level, I was nervous when we first got to Alaska and we were all very ill that yeah. somehow if we couldn't get better, then nothing was going to get done. Um, but as far as fear of the wilderness or animals or anything that thankfully didn't come up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, that's the thing in Alaska is you just go right outside of town, even then that danger can be there. Right. So mm -hmm. it's just a place you don't want to mess around. I mean, that, and that's true of other part remote areas. I mean, Northern Canada, parts of British Columbia, certainly same thing. You've got a lot of not only dangerous animals, but Alaska has a lot of weird people. I mean, this is stuff I've heard from, People like Larry Beans Baxter, who's a cop up there. You, know, you get a lot of strange people that show up in Alaska. It's kind of the end of the road, right? So people maybe that are escaping things in the lower 48, criminal past, weird issues, they go up there to kind of disappear. So you run into someone like that in the woods. I don't know. That's It may be a little bit of a weird kind of situation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, more questions here. Let's see. We've got... Jennifer Arnold asks, Alex, do you think you and Eli will do some more shows together again? I kind of miss the dynamic duo. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we do stuff with uh, the On the Trail of Bigfoot stuff. that We've been together for that with, like, the whole rest of the crew. Um, we're kind of doing our own thing at the moment. Uh, he's obviously got Monsters and Mysteries or Mysteries and Mysteries Monsters. And monsters. Mysteries and Monsters. Yeah. I got to write this down. I just call it M&M. &M, so M &M. It, it, it's easier to yeah. remember that way. So, uh, yeah, but I think, you know, we'll probably do some stuff at some point. Uh, whether it be on each other's shows or whatever, but uh, definitely appreciate the question. Let's see. Quibot says, I watched three times already. Awesome. Glad to hear that. <laughs> We've got Archangel Rees who says, during this 14-day 14 ex expedition, have you been to Portlock? Not during this expedition, no. I didn't go out there. Um, I think that, that story's been done, really. I think there's some, some stuff out there. There's some not-so-good stuff out there. I won't name any names, but uh, Alaska Killer Bigfoot. <laughs> um, but uh, I will say, you know, there's stuff like uh, the expedition that Larry Beans Baxter and those guys did back in like 2018. They were the true first ones to go there, despite what the guys on TV will tell you that they were the first. No, these guys did it. There's a documentary on YouTube they did of it. Um, the great, you know, it's a very similar environment to Area A. That's the thing. Uh, as, as Beans would put it, you could take a picture of Area A in Portlock and I could show you and you'd be like, oh, they're the same location because it's all the same environment. Portlock is just at the very end of the Kenai Peninsula in terms of the kind of the, the tip of it, whereas Area A is further up along. And that, that coastline is hundreds of miles of, of bays and barren kind of uh, of habitat and environment. So it's it's all very similar sort of terrain is my point. But uh, no, we didn't go this time there. I just think it's been done quite a bit. Okay, we've got Karis who asks, what is your theory about the gunshot-like sounds? So for people that don't know, there's a tendency out there to hear what sounds like gunshots, or some people have called them power knocks even, 
or like the loud baseball bat noise. Um, I heard one of these last year, got it on video. It's in the Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch part two. And there's like a recap of it at the beginning of Dark Coast. I don't know what it is. I mean, people, have t I've heard everything from, oh, it's it's literally just a, someone shooting a gun, which is almost weirder that there's someone out there that we don't know about shooting a gun off. Um, people saying it could be ice cracking or an avalanche or something like that. But uh, the glacier there is not very close. I mean, it geographically is is quite a few miles away. I mean, we're talking over a dozen miles, you know, just very far away. So it, I don't know. I mean, it seems to happen when things go on. So for example, the, the first time it was heard last year on our trip was when we were coming out of the woods and these guys heard it and they thought we shot a gun. So they came out to rescue us on the boat and they're thinking, oh my God, something happened. It wasn't us. And that time I recorded it was right when I came out of the cabin. So I can't really say what it was I, I really don't know um it was just right it was interesting though it was strange that's all i can really say and what was so weird about it is when i had david ellis of the olympic project check it out he had determined that uh you know when you have, have a gunshot sound it's actually technically it's two booms if you look at it on like a spectrogram analysis you'll see two signatures of audio spiking so you've got the initial shot and the after sound which to our ears just sounds like one gunshot Whereas th this sound, when you look at it on a spectrogram analysis, it's just one single sound, which would indicate, you know, like if you smashed a rock up against another rock, that would create one single sound, right? So that's what's kind of unusual about it. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. So we've got another squad member as well, Bill Carter. Welcome. Oh, and another one, Luke Campbell. Welcome, squad members. Go enjoy that 4K goodness. Seriously, when I'm editing, it's in 4K. So then when I end up watching the 1080 version, I'm like, oh, man, the 4K, the 4K is definitely where it's at. <laughs> but uh, we've got a super chat here, too, from Matt's Tube. He says, love the first episode. Was wondering about the availability of food sources for Sasquatch at time of filming and how it may have raised or lowered the probability of a possible encounter. That's a really good question. Um, that's where we had stuff like uh, Damon with the drone out there just being able to find wildlife. And I promise you other episodes, you'll see more wildlife on those with that drone. But this first one, we were able to find the first day we flew, we didn't see anything. It was that's what was so weird about it. And then the second day, he's flying way up on this mountain, you know, that's like thousands of feet away. And we find that one deer bedding down in this field. And here's the weird part, right? There's not supposed to be Sitka blacktail deer in this part of the Kenai Peninsula. Just that general coastal area, for whatever reason, like if you talk to state of Alaska biologists, they're not supposed to be there. Uh, apparently they haven't. Sitka blacktails are mostly down in the southeastern part of Alaska. So this just shows that animals will migrate to areas just because a human says they can't be there doesn't mean they're not there. So we were able to prove with you know this footage that there are deer out there. And we've, we've known this for a while because we've seen the scat and the prints. We found other evidence of them as well. It goes to show there's a food source. But uh, that area in general has a lot of food sources, whether they be from the ocean. You've got all the aquatic sea life and you've got all the terrestrial, obviously, your, your undulates, your deer. Uh, there's mountain goats out there, uh, moose, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of other food sources that, that would be there. And then there's salmon berries, all the plants and kind of things that grow then in the short window of uh, the summer season, I suppose. So there's a lot, but yeah, it's an interesting question. I appreciate that, Matt. And thank you very much for that super chat. So Heather, do you have anything you'd like to ask while I uh, scoop up some more questions here? 
Um, well, people have been asking some of the questions that I had already thought about. Um, I wanted the gunshot sound. Is that something that you've experienced in other areas, um, not just Alaska? Or is that something that's kind of unique for you? So I've never heard that particular sound. I mean, I've been other places and I've heard actual legitimate gunshots. I, mean, right. I had one encounter here in New Hampshire where I heard somebody shooting from one direction and then I heard what sounded like wood knocks coming from very close to me. And then the mm -hmm. next day after that, I had a really clear wood knock encounter at night, like in this power line area. But that was a physical, I knew it was a gunshot because people shoot out there all the time. Um, so that's kind of the... Uh, the, the challenge right. there, but I've never heard anything like that. That was weird last year. I mean, to my ears, it sounded just like a kind of a distant gunshot. The problem is I don't know which direction it came from because w when you're in the bay like this and you've got two, yeah. 3000 foot mountains that just come out of the ocean and are sticking up. I mean, when, when we, when we would scream out there or, or let out a yell, you hear it. And then like a few seconds later, you hear the echo on the other side. So it's like okay. an amphitheater. It's like a bowl. So that mm -hmm. gunshot could have been coming from behind us, could have been from up in front of us, the mountains across to the to the right. I mean, that's the problem with it. We don't we just didn't know um, where that could have yeah. come from. So I don't know, but I've never experienced that anywhere else. So that's definitely interesting. OK, let's see got other questions again guys if you could just either all caps your questions or just add a bunch of uh add a bunch of um question marks to it but we have a couple other ones here uh born not run says you have been so many places looking for bigfoot is alaska the location we will see a major breakthrough i don't know maybe i, I certainly would would like to think so i mean it's one of those places that you imagine would definitely be it would make sense for something like that to be out there, right? I mean, there's just so much habitat. It's sure there's extremes and weathers, but in the weather, but places like the Kenai Peninsula um, are definitely not, uh, you know, not as in harsh climate as say interior Alaska, where you have those crazy winters, you get a little bit more mildness, especially Southeast Alaska, there's a lot more rain because it's that temperate rainforest. But um, speaking of that, I think, uh, you know, we've talked about Alaskan dangers. Um, we do have some stuff coming up here with Land of the Missing. So I do want to take a little bit of time to talk about that. Heather. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, you sure do. Um, so Land of the Missing will be our next documentary that comes out for Small Town Monsters. Um, and the pre-orders open up on the 8th. The documentary itself will be out on the 22nd of August. Um, and I believe that Alex has the trailer for that so that you can get an idea of what will be more Alaska goodness, if you will, will be coming your way soon. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to play that and we'll return once that is over. Topic because it happens pretty frequently. So people missing in Alaska. Uh, this is a hot topic because it happens pretty frequently. We have something called uh, Inyokun. It can take you. I don't know where they take you. They're dark, like black. They are hairy, kind of like a Bigfoot.
Is it possible that some of these missing people go missing because of another monster, the Sasquatch? I think it's entirely possible um, because Sasquatches are not your forest friend. They are animals trying to survive. If Sasquatch really wanted to, and in considering people like me or, or even just people in suburbia, if they wanted to, they could push people out of rural areas back to population centers. A lot of the Alaska Natives, the superstition is that if, if you're in their territory, they will take you. And they were just hanging out in the cabin while well, they heard a noise up on the roof. And then something was going on just outside the door and it lured them out. Death by Alaska is real common. You get a mile away from the village, that's death out there. Alaska can kill you without even crying. Awesome. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very Great exciting. Great trailer, by the way. Awesome trailer. Yeah, that trailer. I love that. Um, that this, I'm, I'm excited to see how people receive this. When we went up to Alaska, this wasn't, um, this film wasn't one that we had intended to, to film, to capture. It kind of came to life on its own. And I think that that makes it even more intriguing. Um, the story just came to us in a way. So I'm really, I'm really stoked to see how people, how people receive it. Definitely. And that's something that's cool because again, it was not really planned. You guys went up there to do on the trail of Bigfoot, the last frontier, I actually have a poster for it right there. Uh, and that was, and I think what happened was right. You guys got so many interviews and this interview started taking kind of that darker twist that, uh, that's yes. where land of the missing kind of came out of, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, we started to get these stories where it wasn't uh, it wasn't where we were expecting things to go. And like you said, it did take a, a darker turn, um, more concerning turn. So um, then that started to evolve in, you know, as we went on, evolving that into some of the questions. And um, now we have Land of the Missing. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great film. We actually got to show Land of the Missing, or actually, no, we saw, sorry, that, that is not true. We <laughs> we showed on the Trail of Bigfoot, the last frontier up in Alaska, and we were up there for the Boreal Bigfoot Expo. Land of the Missing was not done at that point, I believe. This was back in June. But uh, so people can start pre-ordering that when? They can start pre-ordering it on the 8th, and then it will be out on the 22nd. 22nd of August. So that is this month. Mm -hmm. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Pre-orders are Tuesday, right? I think Tuesday's the 8th. Yep. So we should say uh, for maybe people because we have a lot of YouTube audience that don't aren't really aware of the other films that Small Town Monsters does. So they maybe only know oh, it from yeah. the YouTube side. So there actually is a whole other host of documentaries that Small Town <laughs> Monsters does that are on other platforms. And you can check them out where on Tubi, Amazon, that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. We're on uh, the, all the major streaming platforms. Um, yeah. You can find us on Amazon, Tubi. And you can go to smalltownmonsters.com if you wanted physical media. Yep, DVDs, that sort of thing. DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, but if you are only knowing us from YouTube, I do suggest that you go to our website so that you can see what else we do. Because we started doing other stuff before we got over to YouTube. Um, yeah, YouTube's pretty so. new in the, in the grand scheme of things. 
Yeah, yeah. We cover a lot of topics. Um, obviously, Bigfoot is a, is a huge piece of that. But I mean, we talk about other cryptids as well and other strange phenomena. So yeah, and that's something time. you've you've been involved with a lot is the research aspect of it, like with other yeah. cryptids and even other paranormal kind of topics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if you wanted to get in the paranormal side of things, we had a movie about the Bell Witch. We did the Jersey Devil. Um, of course, Bigfoot, there's Minerva Monster, Beast of Whitehall, Momo, things like that. Um, oh, look, an Ohio person. Yay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, and of course, Dogman. That's one of our, our newest releases, um, the Texas Dogman Triangle. So yeah, we cover a lot of stuff in the world of weird. Yep, definitely a lot of that. So there's kind of something for everybody if you're more into Bigfoot or more into that. And and what's really cool too about the YouTube side of things is, again, we talked about people doing different series. So Seth has stuff like Sasquatch on Earth, which is more of his kind of approach to the subject. Obviously, Bigfoot Beyond the Trail and Dark Host are more of my personal research and that sort of thing. So that's going to be a different perspective and perhaps a different way of looking at the topic than even say Eli might have with his M&M series, which I'm not even, <laughs> yes. even going to try to to get that right. Mysteries and monsters. Yes. <laughs> I've just got to repeat it like 50 times one night. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, I can get this. Uh, Scott here says, check out the recent announcements of the 2024 projects. Yes, there is a recent, the last live stream, actually, you guys yes. talked about all the upcoming projects mm -hmm. and, the, and the Kickstarter and that sort of stuff. So we're trying to help some of the YouTube folks realize that there is another side of it. And that if they don't, you know, if they haven't gotten enough, they can definitely check out more over there. There's plenty for right. plenty to be uh, watched and that sort of thing. So um, definitely exactly. awesome. But we've got a bunch of questions. So I'm going to start uh, chomping through those here. We've got Mike asked, what non Bigfoot thing did you find the most or did you find most amazing? Probably just the uh, the other wildlife, I guess. I mean, we had, uh, and this will be in further episodes, we saw more whales, more orcas, uh, like we did last year when we were out there. Just the other wildlife. And, I mean, just my whole drive up to Alaska, I probably saw a couple dozen black bears, even, even one grizzly bear. I mean, I saw the biggest moose I ever saw in my life driving through on the Alaska Highway going to Canada. And that'll be covered in the uh, in one of the Bigfoot Beyond the Trails as well. So just the other wildlife, um, just the abundance of them. You see moose up in Alaska; they're they're like deer in other parts of say the lower forty eight and that sort of thing, which is really kind of it's it's cool. You, you you get to appreciate seeing them that much. We've got a question about aren't drones too noisy? I mean, they are pretty loud, but they're definitely useful tech. I mean, when you're flying a drone up. 300 feet in the air, you can't really hear it all that much as if unless it's right above you. But uh, I think they're just going to the technology is going to keep getting better. So as time goes on, they're going to be very quiet. I think that's just kind of the way the technology is trending. It, it seems to keep getting better and better. I think this was uh, we talked about this at first, but I just want to address it again. Somebody asked, has it been announced how many episodes will be coming? There's going to be six total. That's what it's looking like. Um, so there'll be, like I said, kind of one, it's sort of like a monthly sort of thing. So we're at the point now where we have basically a video coming out every Sunday, I believe, right? Between yes. um, Bigfoot Beyond the Trail, Dark Coast, Sasquatch Mysteries and Monsters, Mary. and yes. and Earth. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was way too difficult. Um, there's a comment. Hike with Mike says, I love the Kenai Peninsula, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been other than my Florida swamps. Swamps of Florida are pretty cool, but definitely not this time of year, maybe in January. But uh, yeah, the Kenai Peninsula is, 
They call it Alaska's playground for a reason. It's like a microcosm of Alaska. And this year, so I'll be doing a Bigfoot Beyond the Trail episode, which is just strictly focused on the Kenai Peninsula. So it's not Area A stuff. It'll touch upon Portlock slash Port Chatham, as well as other parts of the Kenai Peninsula. Because you don't just have that coastal rainforest habitat there. You also have uh, these areas that are just pure mountains in the center of it. And you've also got these kind of flat, more wooded areas. So it's kind of like different. It's like all the different habitats in Alaska stuffed into one place. And the Kenai Peninsula is about the size of the state of Maine. So it's a you know decently large area. And it's just kind of a microcosm of what the rest of Alaska is like. So it would be really cool to, to show that. And you know, not only places like Area A or Portlock are there these kind of Bigfoot-like stories, but pretty much all over the peninsula. It's definitely an awesome place. Um, let's see. We've also got, uh, let's see. Gerald asked, my question about Alaska and the possibility of Bigfoot running into a fully grown Kodiak bear compared to smaller bears in the west or eastern coast. Kodiak might be alpha there even with Sasquatch. I don't know if that's a question or a statement, but uh, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Rob Roy Menzies was actually telling me when I was up there that he had gotten some recent stories of uh, Bigfoot-like stories from some of the natives on Kodiak Island, and that's where the Kodiak bears are, which are some of the largest bears in the world. Just and they live on this one island. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of any stories of confrontations, but yeah, those Kodiak bears. I mean, just go look at some pictures of those. They're absolute monsters i mean like a ice age ice age beast for sure uh, let's see alaskan care says wish i knew you had arrived i was gonna buy you a beer since i'm in seward could have relayed some stories oh man see that's the thing with a lot of these these things that i get the stories afterwards because you know people's like oh my god you were there if only i'd known <laughs> so it's it's it can be tough i but i appreciate the uh the offer there and now we've got a super chat from William Sleeper who says thoughts on maybe doing a DVD slash Blu-ray set of series beyond the trail Sasquatch and Earth etc that's a cool idea we'll have to we'll have to swing it by Seth and everybody else and see, see what they think no I think that'd be mm -hmm. cool that might be something cool to just even have like a limited run of that kind of stuff if you come to like Monster Fest yeah. or an event that might be you know just it's it's cool having that physical physical media of it. I think we're still, still a lot of people like to have that sort of uh, physical uh, copy. Yeah. Wait, what's Monster Fest, Alex? Oh, Monster Fest is an event <laughs> that uh, Small Town Monsters <laughs> puts on. So it is an event that ha actually, you know, this is, I totally planned this by the way, but I happen to have a Monster Fest 2 brochure, which I totally didn't just randomly have on my desk. Um, but uh, it's a June 29th, 2024. We did the first event last year, uh, or this year, technically, in June, right? Yeah, that was awesome. it feels like a year ago, but yes. <sighs> it was amazing. It, what an amazing event. Also yeah. this side for Kickstarter, but great event. So it's essentially, it's just like a, I don't even know how to describe it. I've, I've been to so many conferences. I've done so many events. Some are super speaker heavy, super, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But this genuinely, and maybe biased, of course, but I think... <laughs> 
this was just amazing balance of you had some speakers going on, but that's not the focus of the event. The focus is like you have people like Cliff Berrickman or Lyle Blackburn, other people that neither of those guys were speaking, I don't believe, right? They were just, they were just there as guests to come hang out. Mm -hmm. So you get to actually kind of interact with people that you maybe follow online or people that you've known online. And there was just so many cool uh, STM fans and people that came out to the event. It was really just a great time. I don't know, Heather, what'd you think about it? Yeah. Um, I was amazed by the support that we got to see in person, the level of the turnout. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. Um, we had, of course, the vendors, the speakers, the guests. We had live podcast recordings, and um, we also had screenings of some of our stuff. So there was a lot to choose from. I think that also added to a unique element. Um, but yeah, it was... I'm not going to say that it was like flawless because I don't think it's possible to put on an event like that and it go flawlessly, but it was about as close as you could get. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it definitely was. And what was so cool about it was, again, it was just this kind of, this kind of casual environment. I mean, if you wanted to go listen to a live podcast, like Astonishing Legends, you could go listen and record a podcast mm -hmm. episode, or you could go listen to Amy Boo talk about Bigfoot in Ohio. Like you had all these options or you could just hang out. I mean, it was like a one day event, but it felt like an entire weekend to me, uh, obviously, because I was kind of busy running around and stuff, but it was really just a great time. So it, it was um, awesome to do that. And we're super excited for the next one, which again will be, this one's moving towards the end of June. So it's mm -hmm. going to be June 29th. And where can people go to get information about that kind of stuff? They can go to our website and they will find everything they need about STM Monster Fest. So smalltownmonsters.com. Going to put Monster Fest 2024 on my schedule. Right on. Good, Justin. Good stuff. Cool, cool. <laughs> Got a couple other comments and questions here. Hiker Dave says it is so important to understand that not all unexplained happenings or sounds are not Bigfoot. You do a great job and we appreciate that. Thank you, Dave. It's definitely, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, people jumping the gun out there like, oh, it has to be Bigfoot, you know, but most of the time it's probably not. Um, and then we've got uh, somebody says, Alex, really enjoy your footage and coverage of the landscape in the wilderness. Yeah, the wilderness does half the job for you. Just kind of point the camera <laughs> in that direction, right? It's like in Alaska, you can't really find any uh, places that aren't just absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've also got another super chat here from Matt's tube of you it says, was wondering what you both may think is the most exciting or useful piece of gear for expeditions of any kind to come out in the last year or two. Thanks again. Alex, you'll have to take that one because I am not up on like the new new releases of any kind of equipment. So, I mean, aside from the thermal drones, which isn't exactly new, I would say another really fun one are the, uh, the I, this is not exactly new, like this has been around for the past couple of years, but there is these um, apps I can hide that comment I can show you that uh, are like these 3D scanning apps. So this is really cool. I actually have mm. it on my phone here. And this was in the episode, by the way. This was in yes. Dark Coast. So this is really neat because you can scan a footprint and you basically get to, let's say we're going to do, uh, well, I wish I could kind of show you. It's hard to, hard to look at it this way, but I can do a 3D scan of like, a, this is a moose footprint right here. Kind of see that. So it's, and what's really neat is I can, Let's see, I can um, create a video. So I've got a video of the track here and it's 3D. 
can kind of see it. Um, I'll show you actually with this Gigantopithecus skull. We'll make a little model of this. So this is a 3D scan. See it kind of from the backside too. So you can you can you fully scan it. You use the lidar technology that's on iPhones and some of the newer smartphones, and you can scan tracks. I mean that's what I did. For example, this is a track that we a potential track we found out in Area A um, that I can't really you know, say a whole lot about. I don't because it's not definitive, but um, that's the scan. And what I can do is I can then. And I can zoom in on it. I can see kind of the depth and all this sort of stuff. So for me, that's one of the more exciting pieces of tech that I'm using because before, you know, we bring out plaster to be able to cast a track, right? Which I think is great. Uh, be able to document. People always say, oh, make sure you take pictures of the track with scale objects, either tape measure uh, or something that you can measure, like a, a dollar bill is a great one because that's kind of universal measuring instrument, I suppose. You can, everyone knows, you can get a dollar bill and measure it. But these are cool because you get another aspect of data or another set of data for a trackway so let's say you found a great trackway well you can get the 3d scans of it you have that data you can share that with other people who use that app or just upload it to the servers and whatever those people can download it they can scrutinize it so you have that piece of data then you have your photos then you can take a plaster cast of it so you have three pieces of data out of one incident as opposed to just having a track which i think is really cool so i think as the tech gets better that's just going to be um, awesome so, yeah, I think that's going to be great. It's just one of my favorite pieces of tech, uh, recently at least, uh, and that's been around for a couple of years now. You mentioned something in your uh, in the in the most recent episode, well, the first episode here, that uh, Beans had. I don't want to give too much away for people who haven't seen it, but Beans sent something somewhere, and you explained the title of the test or the project um where he sent this it was like it was it legend meets science oh yes TV? yeah so can you yeah, explain that, that sure i will take that i just want to answer this question real quick because i do see yeah. a couple people asking about what the app was so this particular app i was using is called scaniverse i highly recommend it actually it's funny jeff meldrum was asking about it last night on facebook and i was sending some of these videos so this this one's called scaniverse but i've used another one called polycam shout out to mike ann and uh Matt from tech, uh, uh, from Florida, Central Florida Bigfoot. They, they've been doing this stuff for a while and they've actually recommended a bunch of this stuff to me. Uh, Polycam's another one I've used. For example, this is a Florida Panther track that I got down there in uh, January when we were out there. So Polycam and Scaniverse are my two favorites. There are other ones. There's Scandi Pro as well. Definitely check them out. But if you've got a new iPhone uh, and you're going out in the woods and you're doing Bigfoot research or any of that kind of stuff, I highly recommend getting something like that. I mean, you have no excuse not to, even if you don't have plaster or stuff to cast. But um, your question was about uh, Legend Meet Science 2. Yeah, so that, that sample that we got last year, that handprint that Beans collected, it was sent to Doug Hycheck of Legend Meet Science, and that project is currently being worked on. So we're hoping we get some kind of results from that. Uh, but there are there is another cool DNA study going on as well right now, run by... Darby Orchid, I think, uh, North Carolina State University. Mm -hmm. You were there, Heather, when they talked about it at the um, Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Conference. I don't know if you got a chance to hear. I didn't get a chance that. to go listen, but they talk. Yes. I know Darby announced it. I've talked to Darby, and he's got uh, some really solid team, and and they're basically taking any kind of samples. And uh, you know, Matt Moneymaker and other people have talked about it online, but it's it's uh, it's been kind of a long time in the making for this study, so. It's pretty cool to to know there's something like that going on. 
Um, but yeah, so very cool. Like I said, those, those scanning apps are awesome. I think essential and going forward as the tech gets better, definitely essential. Um, Jennifer asks, will you go back to Alaska next year? Maybe we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to, right? I won't say no to that. <laughs> Any excuse to be in Alaska, right? Maybe the weather will be a little better, uh, going forward, but no, yeah, obviously, uh, hopefully we shall see. Um, and then let's see. Lalo RC asks, what's your take on UFOs and Bigfoots? I think they're all connected. They turn into orbs. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I Heather, why don't you answer it first? And I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll give my opinions after. I've got to gather my thoughts here for a minute. Um, so with UFOs and Bigfoots, um, I've always kind of wondered if it's not a situation where, like, like what I've heard so many times, you have to have a Bigfoot in a place and a person in a place to have a sighting, right? So you got to have a UFO, a Bigfoot, and a person all together to have this sighting. So I have wondered if it's not a situation where there is some anomaly in the sky and they're just as curious as we happen to be. And we just see them by coincidence at the same time, not necessarily that they're connected, but that they're also just, just wondering what is that thing? <laughs> um, and are more human like in that, in that aspect of things. That's kind of where I am on that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I generally t like to say I don't I don't really know. I mean, I think people that claim that they have the answers one way or another. How? I mean, can they prove that? Is yeah. that a repeatable thing that they can say, well, they are definitely connected. All right. Well, let, can we see it? Can we have it repeated? I mean, you know, it's it's tricky. I think we don't know. I mean, I generally tend to think there's a lot of weird stuff out there. I mean, I've seen a UFO in Pennsylvania. It was still the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Do I think that was connected to Bigfoot? I have no indication there was anything Bigfoot at all going on that night in the same location, right? It was just, so that's the thing is if you see an orb in the woods at night and you see a Bigfoot, a lot of people assume that they're connected, right? But let's say you see an orb in the woods at night and you see a deer. I mean, do you assume, is your first assumption going to be that deer is paranormal? Or is there two separate things going on at the same time? I really, I, I have to say, I mean, I think a lot of people are scared to be wrong or to, um, you know, give an opinion one way or another, but uh, or, or, or they have to kind of choose a side. I, I just say, I don't really know. I don't think we know yet. I mean, we're yeah. still nuts and bolts at this point and we, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. So I, yeah, that's, that's my most educated guess I can, I can give on it, I suppose. So Tim here says, just wanted to take this opportunity to say, thanks, Seth, love your work. Small town monsters have some excellent videos. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Okay, let's see. I think I'm caught up on a lot of those questions I had queued up. If anyone else has any other questions, feel free to ask them while we're still on here a little bit. Um, obviously, if you haven't seen the episode, I will post the link again. I believe I still have it here. So if you check this link right here in the description, or not in the description, in the chat, that should take you to the episode. Let me make sure it's the right link. It's not like some other random video. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure I just sent that, right? So um, that works. But uh, anyway, any, anything else you wanted to go over, Heather, or any other questions you had or anything like that? Um, I mean, for for those who have seen, they've heard about Dark Coast now, obviously, for the, for the live stream. After watching Dark Coast, if they haven't seen anything that you've put out yet, what would be the best thing for them to watch to kind of get them caught up to where Dark Coast came from? Yeah, definitely uh, the Alaskan coastal Sasquatch. So the the parts one and two. So that that was technically under the Bigfoot Beyond the Trail 
kind of uh, series, it was one of those. That would be that's like the direct predecessor. I mean, we literally kind of pick up where that left off. So that was obviously last year, last May, whereas Dark Coast was this past June, so just about a year later. Uh, same location, that sort of thing. Uh, just we felt like after that being out there, you know, we just needed to continue that investigation and even try to push it a little bit further and go out longer, get better tech, like with that thermal drone that Damon had, which was awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, as we have, you know, if you guys enjoyed the episode, you can grab a new Dark Coast t-shirt. Yeah, there's that too. That would be awesome. There's a link to it as well. Um, Osaka Rose says, Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, still uh, one of my favorite investigations and it was really cool to be back out there in the same kind of place and just see how different it was even just a month later with and the weather and everything, how crazy different it was for just, you know, the same kind of area. But it's like you have to reimagine what this area looks like based off what your previous expectations for it were completely different. You know, and this year as we're hiking around or last year we're hiking around, we couldn't even get to certain areas because there was so much snow. You know, we're sinking two, three feet into snow. So it's it became very difficult to move around. This year there was no snow at those lower elevations, but there were so many uh devil's clubs and bear and uh like salmon bu salmonberry bushes and all this kind of stuff that it was so difficult just to move through those same areas that a year ago we're falling through snow and now we can barely get through just so how thick that that underbrush gets and it's so um it's so lush again because it's that coastal rainforest type environment it's the same kind of environment you'll find from the kenai peninsula down to Washington State and kind of everything in between, British Columbia, Southeast Alaska, and that sort of thing. So uh, it's it's definitely not an easy place to be. Uh, we have a question here from Archangel who says, do you guys merchandise Small Town Monsters mugs? I think there are a couple mugs on the website, right? Yeah, there's a, uh, oh shoot, porcelain. There's a porcelain one, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Devil's Clubs are so brutal. Yes, they yeah, are. What are those again? <laughs> okay, this yeah, probably sounds crazy, right? Like a secret society or something. No, <laughs> Devil's Club is this plant that it grows up and it's like this stem and it has all these spikes on it. So, I, you know, we first started encountering them in the Pacific Northwest. I remember uh, when we were out there filming on the trail of Bigfoot, uh, the Discovery, and when we were filming our stuff with the Olympic Project, in that area, we ran into so much Devil's Club. That's not something I'm used to. I haven't spent a lot yeah. of time in that area previously. Obviously, I'm in the Appalachian, Northern Appalachian, so it's kind of that deciduous uh, forest. It's not a rainforest, but these Devil's Club, the problem is if you're hiking through this rough terrain, you're falling over, you find yourself trying to grab a short branch or a stem and it ends up being a Devil's Club and you really spike yourself and it can get infected. They're really mm -hmm. not, uh, that's really, it's really not, not great you know so that's that's why they call them devil's club i think you know we we kind of uh really grew to dislike them and nice to have a machete and just hack a bunch of it away but it's everywhere i mean it's everywhere there in the coastal rainforest kind of areas uh, absolutely just all over the place sounds um, horrible oh yeah it's not fun so samwise gamgee i love that username says love your Aww. content Lived in Montana, backpacked extensively in Montana and Sierras in California. Did Kilimanjaro and Everest Base Camp. That's pretty cool. Keep up the good work. Awesome. Thanks for following. And that's that sounds like quite a lot of adventuring. I'm 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 jealous of the uh, Kilimanjaro there and Everest Base Camp. That sounds awesome. Okay, so we'll take a couple more questions as we start to wrap up here. Um, we kind of talked about this earlier, but Sharon asks, 
had to dip out. Uh, sorry if this has been answered. We'll be here back in the DNA from the handprint. Hopefully at some point. Again, that's with the Legend Meets Science project being done by Doug Highcheck. Hopefully we can uh, hear back on that at some point. I don't know the timeline on that, uh, but I imagine at some point in the near future. So do you believe the government does hide Bigfoot evidence to keep most people in the dark? Oh, good question. What do you think, Heather? <laughs> um, I, uh, boy, I don't know. I feel like this is a loaded question given current state of affairs of things that are being admitted. Um, I don't know. I, they could. Sure. Sure. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't think there's like a grand conspiracy. I think a lot of people like to think that there's some kind of giant conspiracy. I mean, I don't think government is very competent generally. I mean, you see, like we're talking about with this UFO stuff, and I'm not I'm not trying to turn this political or anything. I'm just saying you see what's going on with this UFO stuff with the UAP hearings, right? It's very intriguing. It yeah. seems like there's a lot of questions that's going on. I think generally the Bigfoot topic, you, you look at the way the media treats it, it's kind of seen as a joke. Bigfoot is largely seen as a joke. I don't think there need to be much of a crazy kind of over the top cover up. Wouldn't make a lot of sense to me when, you know, it's, it's not like it's UAPs. They directly threaten, you know, the air power of, of all the most powerful sure. countries in the world, right? Whereas, I mean, Sasquatch is it, you know, maybe an annoying thing you have to deal with on a rural property, right? But is it is it like of a national security kind of importance? I generally wouldn't think so. But uh, that's just my thoughts. Who knows? Maybe if I get attacked by some men in black or something, I'll change my mind. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so uh, Andy asks, what's the closest you think you ever came to seeing, came to Bigfoot or seeing or hearing Bigfoot? I don't know why I'm struggling with that. Um, what about you, Heather? I want to, you've had some kind of interesting encounters. Yeah. Yeah, so um, on the property, the first, it's all, all recorded really in the um, first first episode of the Bigfoot Project. Um, well, not that's not the only stuff that happened, but there were a decent amount of things that were filmed there. And uh, I don't know, hearing them running around, rocks being thrown at us, um, hearing the, the whoops and the whistles and the howls. Um, uh, everything short of seeing one for me um, is kind of what has happened in my experience. And that's in Ohio. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That's obviously part of the Bigfoot project. You guys can check that out on this channel as well. Uh, we had some weird stuff happen there when we were out there. We filmed the, one of our beyond the trailer episodes out there. Yeah. You even had that bubble sound. That was weird. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I sent to Monongahela and some other audio people. And they were like, it's kind of interesting. Very weird. Uh, for me, I don't know. I mean, all the encounters I've had can only be placed in the category, I would say, of possible behavior. So we have alleged Sasquatch behavior. So I can put those in the category of that's possibly what people have reported behavior wise, you know, rock throwing, whoops, uh, vocalizations, that kind of thing. So I can't say definitively. I don't want to. Uh, speak in absolutes only sith do that um so it's uh, <laughs> you know it's i don't know in all seriousness um i think in bluff creek we had some pretty interesting stuff happen i also think in, in last year in area a with the rock incidents that we had happen i mean it felt like something was pretty close by that's that's just what it felt like we were up there at this upper fire pit just us and we start hearing these noises coming from the woods around us and what sounds like rocks being thrown into the water and smashing stuff along the way 
I don't know. I mean, they, we're obviously looking with the thermals and everything, trying to see if there's anything, but it was so thick in there that it was just hard to see anything. So probably the closest I would say. Um, thank you, Mike says, hit that like button. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you. Much love from the Netherlands. Keep up the awesome work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate that. We'll take a couple more questions here, but uh, Superman says, from your perspective, what's the most minimal evidence that could be found that would move the subject forward from a scientific perspective? I mean, probably just some kind of really some some DNA that's irrefutable or biological evidence, whether it be, you know, some sort of flesh or body, that sort of thing. It's kind of the same answer. It's been for decades. I think you're not really unless you can physically poke and prod something. I don't think a lot of scientists are yeah. taking it seriously unless you, you do have these advances in the eDNA tech and some of the stuff that's going on. So uh, that's way above my my uh <laughs> my knowledge levels you'd have to talk to people who are more knowledgeable that kind of thing but uh there is there is definitely a lot on um on the horizon i suppose and we'll see if the new tech can maybe take us into a direction where something like that is is doable and of course i mentioned that dna study earlier with uh, professor darby orchid which is you know awesome and yeah Victoria says, hi, guys, watching from Idaho. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. We've got Sebastian who says, hi, Alex and Heather. Sebastian here from Chile. Big hug to you guys. Oh, that's so cool. Down in Chile. I know they have uh, maybe in the, uh, the Andes down there in the mountains, they have stories of Sasquatch-like creatures, right? A lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to take one more question just because I really I like this question. But Dan says, have, how have drones changed your research? It's a great question. Um, I've been using them for a while. I just think they're awesome for me. They've just become part of kind of essential gear in general. Uh, they just help you get a, a feel for an area or look at an area, uh, even if you're not just uh, trying to go physically. You know, let's say I want to go hike into this area. It's cool to just take the drone up and kind of scan and that sort of thing. So um, I think they're awesome. I definitely recommend them. I, the tech, as the tech gets better, it's just going to get more and more interesting. But okay, all right, that's it for questions. I think uh, we're gonna start shutting it down here soon. I know there's uh, lots of other comments and questions. Unfortunately, it's hard to get to everything, but I do appreciate the people who've sent stuff in. So for folks that haven't checked out Dark Coast, definitely check that out. I will post the link in the chat one more time here. Um, that is going to be, again, a six-part series. It's gonna be coming out kind of sporadically here throughout the end of summer and into the fall. And we've also got Land of the Missing coming out, which again, Heather, is when? You can pre-order August 8th, and it will be out um, for everybody on August 22nd. Yeah, and that's going to be awesome. So that's another Alaska, and that deals with the weirder kind of side of some of the missing people stories and that kind of stuff, which is interesting because just Alaska, there's a lot of missing people in general. So uh, it's, it's yeah. pretty cool to, to see that kind of stuff. But uh, anything else you'd like to go over, Heather? Or are we good? I mean, just if you hold that little flyer up one more time to oh, go yeah, over yeah, the yeah. other Monster two Fest. things. But Monster Fest Absolutely. and Kickstarter. Um, There's the flyer. Monster Fest and our Kickstarter. Um, so that's uh, in 2024, obviously. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Scott. Thanks to everybody. Thanks, Scott. Um, love hearing your stream here in Southern New Jersey. Awesome. Thank you guys. Okay, cool. Well, I think that wraps it up. We're probably going to try to do more live streams here and there just in general. I want to do at least once a month, so we'll see, but I appreciate you joining me here, Heather. And Mike yeah. says, join the squad. Thank you, Mike. You're the man. Yeah. <laughs>
Awesome. Cool. Uh, everybody have a great rest of your night on a Sunday night. Good luck on Monday, guys. Jeremiah, yeah. rock and roll. That's the attitude we need going into the work week, right? With Monday <laughs> right on the horizon. <laughs> no uh, kidding. Appreciate that. But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to keep on doing what we do. There's a lot of cool stuff. So there's going to be the next Alaska one that will come out on YouTube is going to be a Bigfoot Beyond the Trail. And then, of course, as Heather mentioned, there's going to be Land of the Missing uh, towards the end of the month. So there's going to be a lot of Alaska stuff and then British Columbia. And there's just going to be a lot going on. So, okay, guys, everybody take it easy. Have a great rest of your night and uh, we'll see you guys later. You've been listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. If you enjoyed this show, consider giving it a like, review, rating, or sharing it with a friend. And be sure to visit smalltownmonsters.com for more info about this and other STM projects.